0: All right, uh, we are continuing our, our series, our studies, and we are on session four, God's will and the church. So, so far we've covered God's will and my will, God's will and the Bible, God's will and the Holy Spirit, and now we're on session four, God's will and the church. And as usual, uh, we're going to begin with our question. Turn to page 120 in your personal guides, please. Page 120. And as usual, we begin with question with the first question. When have you been given advice that you're glad you didn't ignore? Let's not all go at once. When have you been given advice, some advice that you're glad you didn't ignore? You said, boy, wow, I'm so glad I took that advice. Anybody? I guess it wasn't that good, eh? Okay. Nobody. Let's look at Bible Meets Life then. Page 121. I want to take that. I want
1: I. Go go okay. God often reveals his plan for us through his church. 1 Corinthians 12, 1, 3, 11. I once spoke with a Christian businessman whose job ended to After only working a few months, he resigned in frustration. Exasperated, he had complained. I prayed and asked God to show me if I should take that job, but I never heard anything, so I told him. So I asked what did your I asked what did your wife think about you taking that job? She was against it from the beginning. He said, Did you have friends praying with you about this decision? I asked. I had some friends from church praying with me about it. Several of them raised concerns but none of them had that company that size. My teenage son said he hoped I didn't take that job, but he's a teenager. What does he know about corporate business? So I said, you ask God to guide you, and then you ignore everything he said to the believers he placed around you. One of the great gifts that God has given us in his church, God uses our fellow believers to help us grow in Christ and to
0: know his God. Okay, thank you. So God, often God speaks to us through people he has placed in our lives. Some of those people are in his church. Question is, how often do we listen to them? How often do we listen and we take the advice uh, that they give us? What is the point?
2: God I've often reveal his plans for us
0: through his church. Good. God always reveals his plans for us through his church. Uh, When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you don't just come to Christ. You become a part of his church. He is the head and we are his body. While each of us has a direct connection and relationship to God, he uses his church to help us grow in that relationship. We are taught, encouraged, and ministered to through other believers. It should come as as no surprise then that God often uses other believers to help us know as well as follow His will. And that's how God works. And we've seen it done over and repeatedly through the Scriptures in many, many instances. Let's pray for our study today. Father, we Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to spend time in your word. And we ask, O Lord, that you would open our eyes to how you see us and how you can use us uh, in your church to know your will. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, we have a couple of passages uh, to look at. But before we look at those passages, let me give you the setting uh, for our study today. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 11, focuses on the various spiritual gifts within the church body. The members of the church in Corinth were placing certain value judgments on one another based on their spiritual gifts. Some were being overvalued, while others were being undervalued. Each member of the body of Christ is unique and important to the overall church body. Paul highlighted the equality of all believers and stressed that the Corinthians should recognize that each member plays an important role in the church body. None of us are unimportant in the body of Christ. Every single member of the body of Christ has an important role to play. It's like, uh, and that's why it's called a body, because every part of our body has a useful purpose, right? Could you do it without a hand? Could you do it without a foot? No, we need every member of the body to function effectively if we're going to be happy, and that's how we need to consider the body of Christ. Let's look at the first passage we have, 1 Corinthians 12, to 3. We want to take that one? Now concerning
2: spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You
1: know that when you were pagans, you used to be ent- enticed and led astray by new idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is first, and no one can say Jesus is one, except by the Holy Spirit. Several years ago, my family was scheduled to take a photo of the church directory. All seemed to be going smoothly until my 18 year old mm-hmm. son might emerge from his room. For some unexplained reason, he chose that day to die his year blue. Hmm. All man of unkind <laughs> thoughts filled my mind. I prepared to unleash an indignant tirade when I felt my wife, Lisa, tugging at my arm. Can we talk for a moment, she asked. She pulled me into another room and said, Before you say anything to Mike, I'd just like to remind you of some things. He's currently playing drums on four different worship bands, and he's enrolled in Bible college. And furthermore, I happen to know that the hair die he used only lasts more than two weeks. (laughs) Then my dear wife says something I have never forgotten. Richard, don't say anything that will wound our son for the rest of his life over something that won't last for two weeks. I was blown away. I knew I had not only heard a word from my wife. I had just heard a word from God. Mm -hmm. God chose to speak to me through another Christian and in so doing. Spare our family pain. One of the primary ways God speaks is through people. We can be so set on what we want or be so confused by our circumstances that we don't recognize God's guidance. In those cases, he may use someone else to help us see his will. This is not to say that just some, anybody else can speak for God. Mm -hmm. Just because someone says, I know what God wants you to do, doesn't mean that people really know. An acknowledgement of the Lordship of Christ must be present, both in the person, world and in life. And even then, we want to see that his or her words line up with other ways God is speaking to us, especially through his word. The Corinthians, Christians to whom Paul was writing, used to worship idols. Even though these idols were mute, they led the people astray. How could speechless idols misled people? Because people fashion idols to satisfy their own desires. When your God can talk, you tend to hear exactly what you want. In contrast, the Holy Spirit is a real person who actively guides people. He doesn't always tell us what we want to hear, but He always tells us what we need to hear. If we tune in our spiritual senses, we can receive His unerring, loving guidance. The Holy Spirit's first role is to convince us that Jesus is Lord and Savior. We will never come to that belief apart from the spirit Conversely, anyone who is led by the Spirit cannot last pain or reject Christ. Only the Holy Spirit enters the person's life. There is no once the Holy Spirit enters the person's life, there is no evidence in scripture that you can make him believe. We can bring him without sin. Sin. Ephesians four thirty. And we can strike for his work, 1 Colossians 5, 19. But he's here to, say, to stay. Therefore, when a person process, professes to be a Christian, but then later renounces Christ, it is evidence that he never truly had the spirit residing within him in the first place. God speaks, he speaks through his word, he speaks to God, our hearts by his Holy Spirit, and he speaks to us through those who acknowledge and live come true
0: that is Jesus okay so Paul began by recalling the Corinthians past lives as pagans uh, he reminded them of how they had once lived as unbelievers uh, reminding them of their past uh, which is something the devil always does um, before coming to Christ the Corinthians had been enticed and led astray this text says by mute idols Uh, Bible commentaries note the meaning of the original Greek of this verse is difficult to translate. In general, it is agreed that in this verse, Paul is contrasting the Corinthians former pagan life with their new life in Christ under the guidance and under the control of the Holy Spirit. Uh, But however, regarding the specific context to which Paul was referring, opinions vary. Some interpreters hold that Paul was referencing the the, the Corinthians pre-conversion ecstatic experiences related to pagan religions. And some Corinthians may have been importing some experiences into their Christian worship from their past lives. But the point is that um, Paul mentioned uh, that these believers were once pagans and they were enticed and led astray by mute idols. And then he also mentions that no one speaking by the Holy Spirit says that Jesus is cursed. All who confess Jesus as Lord are doing so under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So we can tell quite clearly who are and who are not uh, believers uh, based on what Paul tells us in this text. Uh, The second question we have is, what are some sources people listen to that may lead them astray. What are some sources that people listen to today that you have heard of or you know of that have a tendency to lead people astray? Hmm. Anybody? What
3: about, what, about leaving your, hmm? what about leaving a quiet community and hmm. moving into the city life, trying to get into the city to be uh, associated with things that you're not accustomed to using or places you're not
0: accustomed to going. Okay. You end up with the wrong crowd or language. Music. Okay, that happens. Uh Yeah, you hear the wrong things. Hmm?
2: Horoscopes.
0: Horoscopes, yes. People run their lives by horoscopes. Mm -hmm. TV, Television, exactly. Yeah. Uh, There are some people... Excuse me. Go ahead.
1: I'm just thinking some of the so-called religious uh, programs on television Mm -hmm. are really not uh, wholly
2: biblical.
0: Yeah, they're not sound. That's true. And they have people, and because they are quote unquote called religious programs, people have a tendency to give a lot of credence to them and think, well, if that's religious then it's got to be right, alright? So so that's one of the major ones, basically, because many people uh, sometimes don't see anything wrong with the religious programs and they have a tendency to to follow them and and end up being led astray. uh, Brother Dwit? Yeah, Uh, H.A.S. religion. Uh, 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 Uh... Or preaching or teaching what people love to hear. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's good for them, but uh. tell them what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's what they do. <laughs> because they know what you want to hear. So they tell you what you want to hear. Okay. Um, next we will we'll see how the concepts of unity and diversity play out in the church. Uh, next passage page 124, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 6. Who want to take that one? I'll read that.
3: Go ahead. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6. And there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. God has an infinite capacity to relate to people. Each individual's walk with God is unique. It is the same Holy Spirit who works in every person's life. The Spirit does not change, yet he fashions relationships with individuals that suit their personality and particular assignments. In the Old Testament, the Spirit came upon people to equip them for a divine assignment. The Holy Spirit equipped Samson with great strength to achieve victory against the Philistines. The Spirit equipped David to lead as a king. The Spirit equipped prophets to prophesy because people had different assignments, God prepared them uniquely. In the New Testament, God placed his people in the church. Today, that universal church is seen in countless local churches all across the globe. Each local church is a part of the body of Christ with individual members and each member has an assignment. In the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit equips each of us for the part we play in his body. Spiritual gifts are not given for our own individual use, they are for the building up of the body. When God wants to reveal his will to you, he may use other parts of the body to alert you to what he wants you to do. But that person can't really understand God's plan for me because he doesn't walk in my shoes. The other believer is different from you, but the Holy Spirit in you is the same Holy Spirit in him or her. To follow Paul's analogy of the body in verses 14 to 26, you may be a nose in the body of Christ, so when it comes to the sense of smell, you quickly notice fragrances and odors. But because you are not an eye, you are not equipped to see. You need to pay attention to the eye when it alerts you to what it is seeing or when the ear warns you of what it is hearing. A nose would be foolish to assume that as long as it knew how things smelled, it was fully aware of its surroundings and circumstances. The same Holy Spirit who dwell, indwells you inhabits other believers. Never underestimate what the Holy Spirit can communicate to you through someone else. Learn to hone your spiritual senses so you can detect when the Spirit is offering you guidance through a fellow believer. The Holy Spirit will never tell you something through another Christian that contradicts what the Spirit is personally telling you or communicating through his word. Many a young lady has faced a confusing dilemma in which a young suitor claimed God wanted the two of them to marry, even though the Holy Spirit had never informed the woman herself. The Holy Spirit might confirm what a believer is telling you, and he might alert you to be cautious about what someone is saying. Pray for discernment and learn to heed the promptings of the Spirit.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. I've had people tell me something they believed I should do. The Holy Spirit immediately affirmed in my spirit that what my friend had said was true. As I prayed and searched the Bible for guidance, I became convinced that the message I had received was God's message for me. At other times, people have told me what they thought I should do, but the Holy Spirit would not give me peace that what they shared was from God. I searched the scriptures, but could not find confirmation of what they said. I am open to what God might say through others, but I always confirm what has been shared through prayer and
0: scripture. Okay, thank you. So the primary message of this passage is that God is the giver of a variety of gifts for multiple ministries and activities found within the local church. The word used here for gifts is charismata, uh, which can be translated as grace gifts, or gifts divine, or or gifts of divine grace. Uh, As noted above, this is, is different from the term where the, from the term translated spiritual gifts uh, in verse 1. The gifts Paul mentioned in verse 4 are not natural talents, abilities, or skills that believers and non believers alike are often blessed with in life. And we know the difference between talents and gifts, right? A talent is an ability given by God at birth through our parents. Okay? And it's generally given for the benefit of mankind as a whole, being a good neighbor, and being a a good uh, friend, and so on. A spiritual gift is given by the Holy Spirit at the time of conversion, and it's primarily intended to benefit the body of Christ, that is to build up, to edify uh, the body of Christ. And so there's a difference between spiritual gifts and natural talents, uh, which all believers have both. Paul uses this term to indicate that which is freely and graciously given by the Holy Spirit to all believers. Gifts are provided by him, uh, special abilities to accomplish the work of God. And if we're not using those gifts to accomplish the work of God, then the work of God is, being, is experiencing lack within the body of Christ. and uh, Some things that God wants done are not being done. And, and, and that equates to uh, disobedience on the part of those who possess those gifts but are not using them for the purpose that God intended. Okay, um, question number... Okay, one other point. God gives every believer at least one gift for ministry. So there's no nobody who can, who can say, I have no gift. Every single believer, every single one of us in here have at least one spiritual gift. Some of more, but every single believer have at least one. And God also gives every believer a unique ministry area in which to express and fulfill his or her giftedness. Okay, so God has given every believer a gift and he's given you an opportunity or an area to express that gift. And so if you are not expressing your gift in a particular area, then you're hoarding your gift. Okay, you got it, but you're not doing anything with it. He also provides the strength to energize the believer to accomplish exercising the gift or gifts. So you can't say, why am I so tired? I got to do nothing. He's given you the energy, the vitality, the strength, the wherewithal to exercise that gift. The overall purpose of every believer's ministry is in serving the church, whether that is that be within the church, Body or through bringing new believers into the church, uh, for example, through evangelism. Okay, so the activities use uh, mean any kind of human activity, action, or performance. One giver, many gifts, ministries, and activities. Question number three. Wait, time seems to be going kind of fast today. (laughs) Question number three. How have you seen the principle in these verses play out in your church? Anybody have seen these principles play out in your church? Gifts. There are many. What was this? Verse 4. There are. Now there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. How have you seen these played out in your church?
2: They played out in
0: many really different ways mm-hmm. <coughs> in terms of uh, how do you see it how do you see it play out in gallery? Um, well I'm I'm always amazed to see that God has blessed me with natural intelligence but not with the ability to play a musical instrument. That's the only area that I would have loved to excel in. Mm-hmm. I didn't. So um, this truth is lived out in every church, because you see things that members of the body of Christ could do, but you have not been blessed to do what they can do, but you were blessed to do a number of other things that they can do that you can do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Next we will discover a list of spiritual gifts given for the common good of the church. Last passage. Who want to take that one? verse, Verse Corinthians 12, 7 to 11.
2: Last one. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of the healing by the one spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all these distinct to each person as he wills.
0: Okay. you want someone else to take the rest?
2: When you become a Christian, you do not merely receive a spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit, you receive the Spirit Himself. The Spirit can express Himself in any way He chooses, yet He typically works by equipping, <laughs> you from the particular assignment God has granted to you. The Holy Spirit equips me and He equips you. And the way He equips us can be incredibly different. We need the diversity of the gifts because it is through that diversity each one of us carrying out our own, our own, out our unique ministry and service that the body grows and Christ is glorified. Paul proceeded to list some spiritual gifts, but this is not an exhaustive mm-hmm. list. Paul listed through spirits. spiritual gifts in Romans twelve 6, 8, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, 30, and Ephesians four eleven. Peter briefly discussed spiritual gifts in 1 Peter 4, 9, through 11. Some spiritual gifts have equivalents on two or more lists, but others only appear on one list. Over the years, people have attempted to grow the gifts in various ways, but perhaps the simplest way to put them in four (laughs) categories. Gifts that support, gifts such as Helping and managing guide the work of the church and help and get it done. 1 Corinthians 12, From the bottom of 127? Mm-hmm. Gifts that share. Guess show as Gifts such as showing mercy and hospitality and ways of communicating God's love, both inside and outside the church family. Romans 12, 8 1, Feet. Gifts such as teaching and prophecy from the church and God's word. Gifts that supplement gifts such as wisdom, knowledge, and faith support the other gifts. The wonderful thing about the list of gifts is the variety. And as God gifts individuals with more than one gift combination and use of these gifts together adds more and more ways we can serve Christ
0: and his church. Anybody want to keep her going? Okay, the last uh, part of that is how we choose to categorize the gifts is not important. Paul never categorized the gifts, nor did he create an exhaustive list of all spiritual gifts. Paul focused on the purpose of the gifts uh, First Corinthians 12:7 uh, says a manifestation of the spiritual of the spirit is given to each person for the common good. My wife Lisa and I are, are polar opposites on every personality test we have ever taken. I am a thinker and she is a feeler. As a result we approach life entirely different yet we've learned that by working together we're able to do far more good for others than if we worked alone. So it is with the church. And if we look at question number four, it says, where have we seen different spiritual gifts at work within your local church? And we can we can think of a number of areas, can't we? Give me some. How do we see them working in our assembly? You are the teacher. A teacher, okay. Where else? Choir members. Choir members. Uh, Deanti just left to go to choir practice for the service tomorrow. So choir members, singing with us. Music. We can have some people doing music this morning, playing music. Cross trainers.
2: Ushers. Cross
0: trainers. Ushers. Greeters. So we see these a lot in different areas. All right. Uh, we see the spiritual gifts at work. And we notice the four categories we are given here: gifts that support, gifts that share, gifts that speak, and gifts that supplement. And I'm going to give you another list. Of, uh, another list that's entitled "Spiritual Gifts." I want you to take that and keep that in your, uh, your with you in your book uh, to remind you of what these gifts are and uh, and how they are, how they are how they are grouped. Spiritual. Uh, Scriptures on spiritual gifts. We have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Romans 12, 6 to 8. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 11. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 to 31. Ephesians 4, 1 to 13. 1 Peter 4, 9 to 11. Over the years, people have attempted to group the gifts in various ways, but perhaps the simplest way is to put them in four broad categories. See those categories? Gifts that support. These are gifts. These gifts guide the work of the church and get that work done. Leadership, Romans 12.8. Administration, 1 Corinthians 12.28. Service or helps, Romans 12.7, 1 Corinthians 12.28. And giving, Romans 12.8. And then the gifts that share. These gifts focus on communicating God's love both inside and outside the church family. There is mercy, uh, Romans 12.8, evangelism, Ephesians 4.11, apostleship, 1 Corinthians 12.28, Ephesians 4.11, and then there are gifts that speak. These gifts ground the church in God's word. Teaching, Romans 12.7 and 1 Corinthians 12.28, Ephesians 4.11. Prophecy, uh, Romans 12.6, 1 Corinthians 12.10, 1 Corinthians 12.28 and Ephesians 4.11. Notice some of these gifts overlap each other. And then prophecy, Romans 12, 6, 1 Corinthians 12.10, 1 Corinthians 12.28, Ephesians 4.11, another overlap there. Exhortation. Romans 12.8, shepherding or pastoring, Ephesians 4.11. And then the gifts that supplement, these gifts support the other gifts. Wisdom, 1 Corinthians 12.8. Knowledge, 1 Corinthians 12.8. Faith, 1 Corinthians 12.9. Discernment, 1 Corinthians 12.10. And so there we have a grouping of the gifts and how they work and what their specific purposes are in the church to give us an insight on how the, how the gifts uh, move and work within the body of Christ. Um, we have a, a couple of key words uh, that are mentioned. Knowledge, That is the ability to comprehend profound biblical truths, or the ability to effectively apply what the Bible teaches to everyday life, and we need that because we need to know how the Bible is fleshed out. When we leave these four walls, as we're going to look at when we look at Live It Out, we need to know how the the word is fleshed out. How do we apply the word when we get out of these four walls and into the community, and when we are challenged uh, by the various circumstances that we encounter. And then there are miracles, literally means works of power. Divine acts superseding physical laws of nature that can only be explained by the power of God. You can see something done and you can say, wow, only God. Because there's no other, other way to explain it. And then another key word is prophecy. person receives and proclaims revelation from God through the Spirit. The ability to give insights into and convey the deeper meanings of God's redemption through Jesus Christ found in His Word. That's prophecy. Another one is discernment, the ability to recognize the lying spirits and to identify false doctrines. And that's one that the devil uses through demon-possessed people, believe it or not. Uh, The ability to discern what what has its source in God and what does not. Tongues, another key word. Recognizable human languages unknown to the person given the ability to speak them. You see a reference to that in Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 4, 6, and 11. Ecstatic, incomprehensible speech offered in worship to God. No one else can understand it. And so Paul, uh, five times Paul mentioned the Spirit as being the giver of gifts the Spirit distributed these spiritual gifts to each person as he wills or as he sees fit or as he desires. Uh, so he's the one that gives those gifts. Final question, uh, number five. How are spiritual gifts related to believers' understanding and doing God's will? How are spiritual gifts Related to believers, understanding and doing God's will. Anybody? Let me give you an alternative question then. How has God used different people's spiritual gifts to minister in your life? How has God used other people's spiritual gifts to minister in your life? Perhaps you had an occasion where someone ministered to you and you realized that you thought back about it. Wow, that's that person using their spiritual gift. And it never dawned on you that it had happened before. But that's how God works. Uh, The believers in Corinth had become conceited over the ability or abilities graciously given by God, rather than members of the church. Uh, And I've I've run into people occasionally who have been conceited and jealous because the person had a gift and they didn't have that gift. But we we are reminded that the Holy Spirit uh, gives the gifts to each person as He wills. Yes?
2: Sorry, it took me a while to understand question five, but Mm -hmm. if I've understood it, I think... um, there are times when people wonder whether or not uh, they're doing God's will and they wonder what God's will is. Mm-hmm. But as far as spiritual gifts are concerned, I think uh, if we are uh, brave enough, if we're self-aware and we're willing to, to use the gifts that God's given us, then we're operating within the scope of, you know, uh, gifting and action that He's ordained for us. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we're willing to just do that, then we're operating within God's will for us. What he's
0: Absolutely. Doing. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. um, Let's look at how we flesh this out. Our time is right on the button here now. Um, Look at page 129. (laughs) One of the most profound ways God speaks to his people is through other believers. Are you spiritually attentive to hearing God's voice as others speak? Consider the following suggestions one, reflect. Reflect on what God may have been saying to you recently through other people. Thank God for the believers He has placed around you to walk alongside you. That's one. <clears throat> Secondly, pray. Keep a prayer list of other people's needs and decisions. Pray regularly and specifically that they would see what God desires and obediently follow God's plan. And then thirdly, serve. Use the gifts God has given you to serve His body. You don't have to know what your gift is in order to serve. Begin to serve in an area where your heart is drawn and your gift will manifest itself. I'm sure some of you have experienced that already. You know, I know when I got saved, I didn't know what my gift is, but one of the things that I learned from Charles Ryrie was that you do whatever God, whatever opportunity comes to you to do. Whenever you see a need, you go ahead and you try to meet that need. And eventually, God will reveal what your gifts are. I remember, I remember we uh, we were, we were being, uh, the church where I was at, we were being trained for Awana. And we had a brother come in uh, who was uh, the representative for Awana. And he was training our church to get me on a program. And one day he called me and he says, "Man, he says, man, they can't make it. Could you, take the, could you take the training over for me? I was in the class. <laughs> How could I take over the training? I was in the class. I was being trained. And he called me and he said, could you take over the training for me? Here's the material. So I said, okay. Apparently he saw something me that I didn't see. All right? So I took on the class. I carried on the training. And guess what? He got stuck with it. I ended, I continue to do it from that day forth because he never came back. All right? And so when there are times when God would present us with opportunities that we probably never have done before, uh, you don't deny it because you've never done it before, but you take it on. And that is perhaps one of the ways that God is going to reveal to you what your spiritual gift is, even if it may sweep in the floor, clean in the toilets, whatever it is. When God presents you with an opportunity, we take it, and then we discover what our spiritual gifts are. Okay, so we need to re- be mindful that the same Lord gives the diversity of spiritual gifts as He sees fit, as He chooses, uh, not as He is requested through petitions and prayer. And then uh, we need to seek to better understand the topic of spiritual gifts and to determine the spiritual gifts God has given each person in the body of Christ, or in our group. And God will indeed allow you to move and work according to His will. And uh, you'll be able to see some amazing things happen in your life and in the lives of others. Amen?
3: Amen.
0: Let's close in prayer. Father, help us to exercise the gifts you have given us to build up your church. Be mindful that it's your church, and they're your gifts, to be given as you see fit. Bless us now as we leave this building, but not your presence. We pray for the service to follow and all those who will be participating in some way or another. May you continue to get glory for yourself, we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you as you go.